Welcome to the Richard Blackby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. Brought to you by Blackby Ministries International. Well, Richard, it's always nice to sit across from you and talk deep things about leadership. Yeah, it's always nice to sit down and get some focus on that very important subject. Yeah, and if you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. And uh, about once a month, we try to do uh, what we're calling a a leadership book review. And I just want to remind you that next week, we're going to be looking at Leading Minds by Howard Gardner. It's going to be the the book we're going to just sort of talk through, and and Mm -hmm. Richard, you're going to give your thoughts on that. Two cents worth. Your two cents, yeah. Yeah. So just... uh, Maybe some change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more the merrier. <laughs> so uh, if you haven't read it or if you're not familiar with it, maybe just uh, do a quick Google search and see what you can find out about it and uh, and join in the conversation with us next week Yeah, as we discuss that. But today, we're not doing a book review. We're talking about the optimistic leader. And, uh, you know, you have said that there, you know, leaders come in all different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. There's introverts, extroverts. Uh, some are great at public speaking, others not so much. And what would you say then is is there or is there a characteristic that, that is universal for a leader to succeed? Well, you know, I, you're right. There's so many different kinds of leaders and, and personality types involved. But uh, there are there do seem to be a couple of things about leaders that you that are pretty uh, characteristic of all the leaders you you meet, and however it plays out in their own particular per- personality. And uh, one of those I think that is so important is optimism, or you might say confidence. A leader has got to be confident. If a leader is not confident in their ability, then their followers have no reason to be confident either. Uh, and leaders have to inspire hope. They have to inspire enthusiasm. Leaders solve problems. And so if a leader shows up on the field, uh, you've got to believe they have what it takes uh, to solve that problem. If they don't, you need a different leader. Hmm. And sadly, over the years, I've come across people in leadership positions that at times even prided themselves on being pessimists. Uh, they would hmm. tend to look at the problems. They, When they came into the room, uh, everybody else might be brainstorming about possibilities and they would have to say, okay, let's bring this thing back down to earth here. And someone needs to just point out that there's this or there's that. And they would uh, pride them themselves. Back to reality. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the harsh reality that uh, for some people tends to be negative, and uh, and yet I, I find uh, that for a leader, you have to believe that there is a solution, that there's an answer. You think about people like uh, Steve Jobs when he returned to Apple. Uh, Apple had been somewhat adrift. They'd had some products that were not doing well. There was, uh, they were going in this direction and that direction, and then Steve Jobs walks back in the room. And I think everybody sort of breathes a sigh of relief and says, uh, this is the guy who can get this thing turned around. Uh, Schultz, uh, over Starbucks, at one point had to return and take over the, the, the CEO operations because Starbucks had gone adrift. And, yeah. uh, you know, there are just certain times where uh, an organization or a church will... Um, face some kind of problem that it seems that's having difficulty overcoming. And a, a good leader will step up and say, there is a solution. I may not know what it is right now, but I know we can find it. And uh, so I think being an optimistic, upbeat, positive 
leader that inspires hope, however you do it. I mean, you can do that. Some people do that through inspired speeches. Others do it just very quietly as they permeate uh, their leadership team and the organization. There's lots of ways to do that. But when people are around you, they've got to come away confident. That's what they said about uh, Winston Churchill. We throw him in there. Yeah, you've but, mentioned uh, him once or twice before. You know, and when uh, France was being devastated by the Nazis and was uh, recoiling under that um, invasion, the French were de- uh, demoralized, and uh, Churchill flew over to France to try to sort of encourage their resistance, their resolve. And people said, uh, you, you couldn't be around Churchill without having more courage mm-hmm. and confidence. You might be worried and frightful, but uh, when he walked in the room, you thought, okay, maybe there is a way. Maybe it's not, all is not lost yet. And I think to, to at least a certain degree, every leader needs to bring that to the table when they walk in the room. You know, I'm thinking about this, and what would you say is the difference between that and just being naive or overly optimistic? Yeah. Feel, you know, you can certainly take this too far and just, you know, well, that guy just is not based in reality at all. Right. Um, so. Well, you know, there, and I remember uh, reading how Henry Ford in his later years was kind of got into real being positive speaking and even as he's older and, and failing and a lot of his leadership ability, uh, whenever anyone saw him and said, how are you doing? He'd always say, great, this is the best day of my life. And that was just his pat answer, you know, no matter what was going on. He might have just had a root canal, but he would say, this is the best day of my life. And uh, at a, when he got to a certain age, I guess he was just glad to be alive one more day. But sure. uh, but in, in, in some ways, that kind of rings hollow after a while, you know, because not every day is necessarily a fantastic day. But um, and so if you come in and you're all smiles and you just you don't necessarily really uh, focus on the problem, then it's just wishful thinking. And I think leaders are more than just, you know, thinking naively, oh, I'm sure it'll work out somehow. I mean, leaders tackle problems. They get their hands dirty. They they're not unrealistic in the sense that they take a hard look at the issues in front of them. And they know it may take time, it may take a lot of effort and expense. But at the same time, leaders have a way of eyeing up a problem and saying, now I know it's going to take some, a lot of phone calls, it's going to take some meetings with our attorney, it's going to take some team meetings, it's going to take a lot of planning and mm-hmm. so on. But I also can do the math and figure out, well, this is solvable. This is something we can turn around. And, and so naivete just says, oh, I'm sure it'll work out. And there's a bunch of empty kind of platitudes yeah. uh, that ring hollow. But then there's others who come in and they analyze things and they walk away and say, yeah, this is doable. This, yeah. is, not, this is not a hopeless situation. You know, I wonder, is it, is it easier to be a positive leader in, you know, if you come into a difficult circumstances versus being a positive leader when things are, are just fine? Yeah, like, I mean, maybe they don't stand out as much when everything's going well, you know. Right. Well, and it doesn't necessarily make as much difference if everybody is in a good mood. You know, yeah. the fact that you are doesn't uh, make much difference. But if you're on the ship and all the sailors are terrified in the midst of the storm, and you're still very calmly, uh, you know, walking about the deck, uh, confident that you'll make it through fine, then that that brings way more impact. Yeah. Uh, it was said of Stonewall Jackson that uh, 
you know, he in the midst of the, the fierce fighting and there's bullets flying all about and his young soldiers are terrified at the onslaught of the enemy. They said that uh, Jackson would be just riding back and forth along the lines, just speaking very soothingly uh, to his young soldiers as if he was just putting his children to bed after a bedtime story. And they said when you saw Jackson riding calmly on his horse, not ducking, not flinching, uh, seemingly completely calm, that uh, that just gave enormous confidence to the soldiers to fight mm-hmm. for him because they thought, well, if our general's not concerned, then we, we don't need to be either. And so I think that uh, that optimism, you, you need to have it all the time, but it's especially important when things are difficult. Yeah, and how much of, of being positive is, is more about the leader's perspective? Well, you know, the, the the perspective is so important. And first of all, the leader himself, what comes out of his mouth reflects what he's focusing on. So if he's talking about problems all the time, then it's clear that's where he's looking as well. Uh, if he, if the leader's talking about possibilities and potential and what what's going to come as a result of solving this problem and overcoming this difficulty then you realize they're looking beyond just the problem to the possibilities, what lies ahead. And so when, when you hear people, and, I, and I, I'll spend a lot of time with business and church leaders, and I'll ask questions about how are things going, and, uh, and I'll hear people, it's always interesting when I ask, how are things going in your organization that you lead? And then you just listen to what comes out of their mouth. And if the first four or five things are all problems and difficulties, you know where they're focusing. Yeah. And you realize, well, that's what's in their heart. That's uh, what's consuming their attention. And so I'm assuming that when they're talking to staff and to other people in the organization, that that's what they're talking about as well, is all the problems, the difficulties. And our problem sometimes as leaders is that we don't realize how we're perceived sometimes. Uh, mm. You know, if you're walking about and you're never smiling, that that can be huge. Uh, you 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 always seem uptight. You always seem tense. You're always distracted. Well, that, that sends all kinds of cues to the people uh, that says, wow, what's he so uptight about? If he's, what, what does he know that has made him so worried? Well, then all the way down the ranks, people are concerned. Uh, but if you're smiling, if you're confident, that doesn't mean that you, it's not going to be a busy, hardworking day, but you walk into uh, the room and you're smiling, you're confident, you're uh, relaxed, you're at peace, that, that goes a huge uh, distance in instilling hope and confidence to all the people around you. And so I, I think sometimes, and, and that's where perhaps even a leadership coach can be helpful, because I think a lot of times we think that we appear calm, we think that we're at ease, but we've got all kinds of nervous habits and distractions, and we're, we, we don't give eye contact with people. Um, you know, there's, there's something... Uh, to be said about uh, walking up to someone that you lead and looking them right in the eye and telling them with confidence it's going to be fine. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get this thing worked out. Uh, that goes a, a long ways. But uh, if you're racing down the hallway and they're seeing you in and out of meetings and hushed conversations, uh, everybody's worried. What's going on? Are we going to make it? Uh, yeah. Is this is this solvable? Is he is our boss about to quit? Um, but uh, there, there's a way to not be naive, but confident. And, and some of that comes from just a track record. 
you know, if you, and I've, I found that as a leader myself, when, when you first start out and you've never had to solve a lot of problems, then when those problems start coming, you, you, you may wonder, well, do I have what it takes? But, you know, when you've been at it for a number of years and you've successfully solved all the various problems that you've faced as a leader, there comes a point where you just know this is just another one of those problems. I've solved dozens of these before, and this is nothing unusual. This is uh, nothing that's beyond the scope of what we can handle. And it also tells everybody else around you, hey, our boss has dealt with much bigger stuff than this before. Uh, and so certainly he can handle this as well. Uh, that gives you a certain aura of, of confidence and credibility with others as well which is why you want to be building a track record of success. You want to be celebrating small wins. You know, sometimes if you've had 15 small wins, you solve 15 small problems, then when the big problem comes along, it may be bigger than any one you've ever solved before, but you, you remind everybody, remember all those other things we dealt with? And, mm. and, and we took care of all those. And so, yeah. uh, the, the, like, like David said, I've never taken on a giant before, but I've killed lions and I've killed bears. And the same God who helped me kill those is the same God that'll help me kill this, you know, this massive uh, yeah. uh, soldier standing in front be? of me. <laughs> Great. Well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we will uh, finish up. Ready to take your leadership to the next level? The Entrepreneurial Leaders Program is a one-week intensive course at Oxford University designed to help marketplace and entrepreneurial leaders develop the skills they need to have a greater impact on their business and community. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to study under Dr. Richard Blackaby and other leadership experts at one of the world's most prestigious academic institutions. This transformational course will run from August 11th through 19th, 2019. For more information or to register, visit entrepreneurialleaders.com. The link will be in the show notes. Richard, before the break, you mentioned uh, just, you know, smiling at people and, and, you know, your demeanor, how you carry yourself can, can really have an impact. And that reminded me of a of a, a president of a school that I went to, of a university, and every time you saw him, he had a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He was just, you know, happy to greet you, and and that really, even you know, I, I didn't work for him, but but I was a student at his university, and that just really uh, just has a way of encouraging you. Yeah. Um, even just a brief passing in the hall that just can really uh, it has a lot of power. Your deme- just your demeanor, not even your words. Yeah. For sure. You know, I, I remember when I became a pastor of a church, uh, the church had gone through a lot of difficulties, a lot of struggle. It had declined in attendance. It, the, the finances had dropped dramatically. Uh, there had been just a, a lot of hurts, uh, some really dark days, and, and now I'm coming in as the next pastor, and there's, there's lots of problems. Uh, and, and there's lots of questions about can this young pastor in his first uh, pastorate, does he have what it takes to turn things around? And there were several things I guess I did perhaps instinctively at the time, but, but you know, one thing, which a lot of pastors will do and lots of other leaders will do, but I, I often would position myself at the front door and just greet people as they, as they came in the door. And I wasn't necessarily shaking everybody's hand as they walked in, but as people walked in the door, they'd see their pastor smiling, upbeat, joking around, uh, happy. And, you know, as people are, are, are going into the building, I mean, their first experience is the pastor confidently smiling, anticipating a great day. Well, that just sets the whole mood, uh, yeah. you know. And so whether you're leading a board meeting 
and you're there at the at the door as all your your leadership teams walking in and you're smiling at each one as they coming in and joking with them and setting them at ease uh you you can set the tone of a meeting uh just by that attention that that smiling that uh you're 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 kind of announcing okay i'm expecting a really good day today and so you should be as well I, you know, I think also just with your words, like uh, I, I see a lot of leaders who use namby-pamby words, uh, wishy-washy words. Oh, and, wishy And uh, I was going to ask, what's, what's namby-pamby? Uh, people that don't play hockey often are namby-pamby, but um, but it's it's words that, for instance, uh, if, if the word leaders are masters at using the right words, and so. Uh, when someone says, uh, what, what do you think about this new program? If you say, I think it'll be okay, uh, well, don't use the word okay. That, that's a terrible word. Uh, say, it's going to be, I'm really excited about this new program. This has enormous possibilities. Uh, it's amazing how, uh, and, and I'll see this all the time with leaders. Uh, I see this a lot with pastors in front of their churches. They'll use a word, and and I, I don't mean that you should just be over the top about everything, but don't just use lukewarm words uh, because yeah. you get a lukewarm kind of response. Uh, use upbeat, positive words, uh, exciting words, uh, words that uh, are big, that are hopeful. There's a lot of symbolic things a leader can do that inspire all kinds of confidence. I some things I, I guess I did early on in my leadership career that just came instinctively. But I remember going to my very first uh, church uh, out of seminary. Uh, I was coming in view of a call with my wife, so I wasn't even called to be the pastor yet. Uh, we were visiting there to interview, and then they were going to vote on us. And so a uh, layman had picked us up at the airport, and the first thing they wanted to do is drive us by the church building so we could see it. And so we enter the building. He walks uh, to the back of the room to get uh, the lights turned on, and I'm looking around at the edges of the building. And this building used to be full in years gone by, but now it's quite empty. Uh, Lots of areas not used, lots of chairs not needed. And so I'm looking around the edges of the building, and he came back with the lights on, and he's wondering why I'm staring at a wall. And I said, well, is this a a load-bearing wall? And I'm not even sure I knew necessarily all that that entailed. But he said, well, why do you ask? I said, well, because when this building fills up, I'm just wondering how easy it would be to expand this auditorium so we could seat more people in here. And I'll never forget uh, this guy. He was one of the key laymen in the church. Uh, He looked at me for a moment, and then he just got this big smile on his face. And you could just see the, the man thinking to himself, this guy's not thinking about holding on. This guy's not thinking about hanging in there. He's already talking about expanding, and he's only been in the building for 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, and I think, and I wasn't doing that just to make a show. I That's the way I, I considered it. If I'm going to come here, I don't care how many people are here now. I just want to make sure that there's room to expand later yeah. because I know we're going to fill up. And I remember after we'd been there about a month in the summer in August, we decided, Lisa and I decided we're going to have everybody at the church over to our house on Sunday evening. So if you came to the evening service, afterward you come and we're going to have a bunch of food and just have a, have a party at our house. And we didn't have a real big house, but we didn't need one then because the, the church wasn't very big. But everybody pretty well in the church uh, wanted to come over to the pastor's house afterward. And it was a lot of fun. And everybody was laughing and 
and the kids are playing and we're just having a great time and just joking around, not a, not a major agenda. And then at a certain point, I was just going to say a couple of words to the adults. And uh, again, I this sort of just came naturally to me. But I said, this has been so much fun. I, I just so love being with you in this church. And it's such a wonderful church. But I said, the only thing that makes me a little sad is that we really need to enjoy being able to do this right now because we're going to be growing and there, a time will soon come where I can't fit all of you in my house anymore. So, um, and, and what I was trying to just say to them is, uh, yeah, we're small now and, and because we're small, I can fit all of you in my house, but, uh, we're not going to stay small. Uh, and I know you've been through difficult times in the past and you've had problems and a lot of people have left this church, uh, that used to attend, uh, and that's that's all sad, but that's not what's going to characterize us in the future. What will characterize us in the future is we're going to have to keep we're going to keep outgrowing space, and we're going to need more room. So, and look, I, I I sort of said, look around and see this quaint little intimate group that we are right now. Yeah. Uh, because and, and and later I said you can you can tell everybody, I was one of those few that uh, started out when Richard came as pastor, and now look at all the people that are here. Those kind of things communicate a lot. It, it tells the people, our, our leader is not focusing on the past. He's not focusing on the problems. He's already anticipating the glory days that lie ahead. And everybody mm. wants to get on board some uh, some train that's going to glory, to, to, <laughs> to great places, you know. Yeah. Uh, they want to be a part of something exciting. And, uh, and so you, you convey that. And I tell, for instance, I tell pastors, if you're going to speak to your people, speak confidently. Don't talk about, well, hopefully some of you will want to do this. Uh, say, I know you will want to do this. If you have an altar call, don't say if anyone, you know, if, if no one comes, we'll close uh, the singing. Say, no, I know that God has spoken. I know that you want to respond to what God is doing. Uh, and so as the music begins to play, you begin to come. Uh, there's a difference between being wishy-washy, where it's not even sure that or, or, or apparent that the leader thinks anything's going to happen. And when the leader speaks confidently uh, and says, God is working here, God has spoken, and so I know that you're going to want to be a part of that. Um, I'll tell you what, people don't want to jump on board with a wishy-washy leader. So... Uh, speak confident. Now, do your homework so you, you're not just being naive, you know, uh, but but God is on his throne, and God is in charge, and life is good. And I, I tell people sometimes we get so immersed in the problems that we forget what a joy it is to be in the job that we are in. Uh, you know what? We've got problems right now, but this is a great place to work, and I get to work with great people, and we will solve this. And I get to go home at night with a great family and a great life and uh, live in a great country and serve a great God. And there's just so many good things about life right now that I, how could I not be upbeat and positive? It's, yeah, at the moment we're dealing with a problem, but that's going to pass. And life's going to be great, uh, even better. And uh, so many things are going to be wonderful that um, I'm not going to get just buried in this current problem because it's going to pass. It won't be a problem one day. So I'm not going to let it define my life and rob me of the joy that I ought to be having right now uh, just because we're dealing with a problem at the moment. So the leader sets the tone and he sets the perspective for his people. 
so that where the, the leader looks is where the people will look. So if the leaders focus on problems all the time, that's where the people will focus. If the leader focuses on possibilities and things that are positive and the future and the excitement of being a part of that organization, that's where the people will focus as well. Well, that's great. Let's leave it there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, review us on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. If you have questions or comments, please email us at podcast at blackbee.org.